Hello and welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Give a huge hand clap to our podcast, vidcast, those that are watching us, whatever cast you're on. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget about our daily Bible study, me and my brother do, Monday through Friday, called Wake Up. It's the number one daily Bible study on YouTube. All you do is go to YouTube, type in daily Bible study. We come up number one through like a thousand of them. But it's a scripture for your day. We pray over your day. And we just have fun and we encourage, we build you up and get you ready for another incredible, great day. So a, a wife's pretty, she's, she's, she's pretty uh, upset. She, you know, her husband didn't do hardly anything for Christmas, hardly anything at all, barely a card for the anniversary. Mother's Day was just forgot about. And so her birthday's tomorrow, and she was fired up. She went to him, she goes, I'm done. You have done? No, I'm done. Tomorrow, in the driveway, there better be something sporty. There better be something out there that goes zero to 150 in two seconds. That's what better be in the driveway tomorrow, because I deserve it. And so in the morning, she got up, and she said, now, you take care of it. He goes, yeah, I took care of it. Yeah, something in the driveway, 0 to 150, it's all done. She goes, okay. Went outside, and as she opened up the garage door, there it was, sitting right in the driveway. It was a scale, 0 to 150 <laughs> in two seconds. <laughs> and his day was not going as good as ours here in God's house today. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Philippians 2.5. We're in uh, my favorite series right now. I am in love with this series about Jesus. Jesus is who Jesus was. Because we find out here in our staple scripture in Philippians uh, that it says, In your lives you must think and act like Christ Jesus. And we've all heard the phrase, be imitators of Christ. Be like Christ. Make decisions like Christ would. And what I have found over 25 some years of ministry is that nearly all Christians are trying. Nearly all Christians want to be Christ-like. Nearly all Christians want a WWJD. This is what we want to do. But the problem is, is that religion has gotten in there. The world has gotten in there. Culture has gotten in there in some ways and has given us a wrong definition of who Jesus was and who Jesus is. We got a wrong picture inside of us. And because we got a wrong picture subconsciously, we're trying to be Christ-like like but we're so far off because we are imitating an imitation it's not the real Jesus we don't have a real picture and you got Christians going around and condemning and and putting down the sinners out there but that's not what Jesus did as you read through it Jesus accepted and loved the sinners where they were at and it was that love and acceptance that brought change into their life the only ones that Jesus got after were the ones that were being religious and shoving the rules down people's throat they people got this idea that Jesus was weak and he was a dormant at and and so they got and we got different pictures in our mind of what Jesus is we put this picture up every week put the little one and this is the one that we're, we're taught and it's cute it's cuddly it's great okay good but it doesn't give us I feel like a real picture on our heart of who Jesus is this is my picture in my heart right there that is my king of kings and the lord of lord that's a conqueror that's an overcomer that's one that came to break the chains off of your life break the addictions off of your life come to heal your broken heart heart the one that came to help you be an overcomer in this lifetime and so we got to get a right picture WWJD most of us remember that from the if you were millennials maybe not in the 90s and people had their bracelets
bracelets and they had their shirts and they had their bumper stickers on their car. And I remember one day I must have done something annoying on the road because I do that. And here comes a car right up beside me. And she took the time to really roll down her window because we wanted this to really make a good point. And she put her hand out the window and she gave me just one finger. Number one is all she gave me. And then she sped off and then on her bumper sticker said WWJD. And I went, no, I don't think so. Don't think so. But we got a wrong idea of who Jesus is. And this series is all about who Jesus was, who Jesus is. Getting a right picture so that we can go forth in victory in our life. We're here in Mark chapter 1. Remember, Jesus has gone down. John was going to baptize Jesus in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Now, somebody say comfort. Remember, the Holy Spirit brings comfort. So, when did comfort come? Did comfort come before or did it come during? When did comfort come? Now, Jesus gets done with getting baptized. Now, remember, he's been... 18 years getting ready for his ministry, his next season. Those of you that have just graduated from whatever in your life, you know what happens when we graduate. You graduate high school, and man, you've been going to high school for who knows, six, seven years, something. Maybe, I don't know. And so you've been going, right? But you've been going, and you've been going to school since kindergarten, right? All the way through now. And Jesus has been training. He's been getting, growing in wisdom, stature, getting ready for this next season. It's graduation day, boom. Dove comes down, and now where is Jesus' graduation trip? Where's God going to send him? Is God going to send him out to a really cool bed and breakfast? Or, or, or maybe it's going to be a spa week just to relax and kind of get a recharge. Is God going to send him out to a beach? Wouldn't it be amazing to, to have just settle down on the beach for maybe 10 days, 20 days, do something, just kind of relax and recharge in life and go after some comfort. But now watch where God sends Jesus right after all this for his uh, senior trip. Throw that up there, that next scripture for me. We're in uh, Mark, continuing on verse 12. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. Well, stop it. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels, another translation says, comforted him, attended to him. When did comfort come? Comfort came in the midst of of going out and doing what God had. And what today is all about is getting us to stop trying to chase comfortable. Stop trying to chase comfort, but instead create a life that comfort chases us. That when I chase comfortable, I always seem to lack comfort in my life. But if I will chase what God has in my life, if I will chase purpose, if I'll chase destiny, if I'll chase after God, then God will bring comfort in whatever circumstance or whatever thing is going on in my life. We've got to pursue the right thing. We've been trained by culture. We've been trained by America's way to go after comfortable, right? Everything that we do, I just want to be comfortable. Yeah, I don't know if I want to take that position. You know, I don't feel comfortable with that, right? We got to have our comfort food. Can I get an amen for Ben and Jerry's out there? Come on, anybody out there? Some Cherry Garcia. Ooh, I felt the Holy Spirit on that. Did you not? I've been on keto now for six weeks, lost 27 pounds. Now, here's the thing. No, I've if you don't know what keto is, it's, all you have to do is just take everything good out of your life. There's no bread. There's no sugar. 
There's no happiness. They're like you take all of like everything they serve in heaven. You no longer is on your menu, right? This is what I've been doing, right? Now I had spent a decade going after comfortable food, and in going after comfortable, I have made myself uncomfortable in life, right? Because I could barely get out of a chair without being winded, right? I was I was like, oh man, I got I got to take a nap. I just stood up, right? Ollie come in the kitchen and I'm just sweating and I'm panting and she's like, what, you've been jumping rope in the attic? And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to get this fruit roll up up. I, I just can't get it open. I'm just sweating. I'm out of breath. Right? My chasing comfortable has made me uncomfortable in life. Now that I'm chasing after Right? Doing what I need to do with my body. Ooh, I feel a lot better. I got a lot more energy. I'm not carrying around an extra half a pastor. You got ha you're a half a pastor down today. <laughs> I was going into the Arby's uh, the other day because I can have a salad there and got the meats. And so I'm going to get some meats. And as you're walking in, isn't it interesting how the world sells comfort? I mean, they're all up and right, right away there's a big cherry turnover, apple turnover. I'm like, oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then they had, they had Coke floats for $1. And I'm like, well, God, I could have 10 of those. That's got to be you. It's a sign from God. Then they got the new uh, limited time orange creamsicle shake. Oh, heaven, right? It's made with little, little angel wings. They grind them up in there. It's, it's, right? it's all about comfortable. We got to have comfortable clothes, right? What looks the best? You know, the most uncomfortable clothes look the best. Am I right or wrong, ladies? Right? It's got to be the most uncomfortable shoes are the hottest shoes. Just the way that it is. The best things in life are not going after comfort. Right? I wish I could preach in comfortable clothes. Oh, heaven. My gosh. It would be no shirt and speedo Sunday. Come on, somebody out there. <laughs> I don't know if we grow the church very fast, but maybe we do. I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> right? But what is addictions? Addictions are drawn to making you or bringing you to comfort. Comfortable. Everything the world is offering you, well, I just want to retire and get up in a cabin and just relax and do nothing. It's all about selling you. So we chase the American dream in a sense, going after what's comfortable. Even the phrases that we say is so, doesn't even line up. You, you know, meet with a young couple, they're like, yeah, it's just time for us to settle down and make a family. And I go, you know that making a family does not settle down at all. Can I get anybody out there with parents out there? We got to have a new word for that so that they don't, they're not tricked into it. They're like, this is not settle. There's no settle in my life. I was meeting, I was just talking to a woman out there, a lady, young, young, going to be mom. She's getting ready to have her, her first baby. And she's like, you know, this baby's just going to bring something into our lives that was missing. And I'm like, well, if you mean spit up and lack of sleep, then yes, that's what's coming. She goes, no, 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 Pastor. It's just, you know, our home. And she goes, it's just going to bring a serenity. And I said, so one of us doesn't know what serenity means. One of us is off here. Because my serenity and your serenity are way different. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? Because I want to tell her, serenity's not coming. Winter's coming. Come on, somebody out there. Winter is coming, my friend. That's a Game of Thrones thing. Somebody actually had a, had a pastor friend bet me. I couldn't put it in a sermon. I said, it'll go in this week. Winter's coming. I, you know, kids are great. Do they bring comfort? No. 
but they bring great joy. Savvy was uh, about two years old at the time, and uh, you know, just old enough to to walk and talk, you know, put sentences together, and just fun. And kids were all all the older kids were at school, and Holly was gone, and I was having savvy time, and we're just playing and dolls and makeup and all the little stuff that you do with a little girl. But then you know that time's over. Time for dad to get some comfort in his life. So I'm, I'm like, honey, you play, and daddy's gonna go lay on the couch. And, and, and watch some TV and get some God's word into it. And so I, I got on the couch. I'm just relaxed. And all of a sudden, Savvy comes over. She goes, Daddy, you want some tea? And I looked over, and she had like a, a little saucer, and she had a little cup on there. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll have, I'll have your stupid tea. And so I, I grabbed, her, grabbed her a little tea, and it had, it had water in it. I'm like, oh, cool. Tea. So I drank the little tea. And I said, thank you, sweetie. There you go. And off she goes. A couple minutes go by, and she comes over again. She's like, Daddy, you want some tea? Uh, and I'm annoyed because I don't want her tea, but that's fine. I'm a good dad. I'll drink your tea. So I said, yes, sweetie, I would love to have some tea. And so there you go. Thank you for the tea. And I drank a little bit, and there she goes. And a couple minutes go by, and here she comes again. Daddy, you want some tea? And now I'm just exasperated. I don't want your tea. I don't want to do tea. And so when men get exasperated, our mind all of a sudden begins to click in to try and figure out how do we get out of this. And then as my mind began to click in, I went, where in the world is she getting tea? Where is she getting water? Savvy, where are you getting the tea? And she goes, potty, daddy, potty. <laughs> We've been brewing tea in the house all day, haven't we? Thank the Lord it was not a lemonade party. Can I get an amen out there anywhere? Thank the Lord it was just tea. And what I want you to see today is that when we seek comfortable, the world brings us tea, but it's not the same as what God gives us that's refreshing in our life. Can I get an amen anywhere out there? I want to show you in our lives to be careful on seeking or pursuing uh, what the world would call be comfortable in our life. So write down number one, that you are not designed to live in the comfort zone. You are not designed to live in the comfort zone. I know that we seek it, that we want it. We chase it, but it's a tale you'll never catch. But when I chase God's best in my life, God always brings me the comfort that I desire. You can go after the world's comfort and never really be comfortable. Or you can go after God's purpose in your life and pursue the best for your life. And begin to live life at a higher level and begin to step out of your comfort zone. And all of a sudden then the comfort begins to fill you up in your life. If you think about it, the enemy tries very hard to draw us into the world's types of comfort. It tries to get us to be just comfortable where we just do and relax and we're not doing, right? And there's not a reward. I thought about it in my own life. My life, I could make my life a lot more comfortable. I don't have to teach 417 times a year. There's a lot of pastors that they teach one service on Sunday and they maybe do 45 a year. I could do that. But I would change how many people that I reach, how many people that I touch, and the life purpose that is on my life. I don't have to do wake up. I not do wake up. But doing wake up is touching and changing lives. So in order to do what God has for me, I have to step out of what's comfortable. And when I step out of what's comfortable, God brings everything that I need to comfort me. You ever gone and done a day's work and you kind of just didn't do anything? You sat around and the boss went around and you got done with the day and you got away with it. But on the way home, I don't know, you may not have known it, but you just did, you kind of felt blah. But then there's those days when you got up and you gave your best. From the time you got there to the time that you left, 
You put everything that you could into that. And at the end of the day, yeah, you were a little tired. But man, you felt good. I did a great, th right? You can come home after work and just, you know what? I just need to be comfortable and go sit on the couch and watch television. You know, I've done it where you watch television three, four hours. And at the end of it, you didn't feel any more comfortable. You didn't feel any better. But it's those nights that you came home and you spent time with the wife and you spent time with the kids and you helped with the dinner and get the kids and you had family time and you all did something together even after a long day that as you put your head on your pillow, you're like, that was an incredible day. Some of you young adults out there, you've done it where you didn't study really much for a test. And it was like, ah, you were more comfortable at the time. But after the test, you felt like blah. But there were those tests where you stayed up. You were up all night. You studied. You put everything into it. And when you took that test, you're like, nailed it. Awesome. Amazing. I'm going to sleep good for the next 18 hours. But I nailed that right there. There's something different when you live a life outside of your comfort zone, out of what's comfortable, and you go and do what is right and what is needed. That It brings some special comfort into your life. What did the enemy uh, taught or, or, or try and get Jesus to do when he was in the wilderness. He tried to get him comfortable, did he not? See, the enemy always wants to bring comfortable. Hey, Jesus, what if you, I could give you some bread? You want some bread? And I, I'm on keto, so yes, I want it. Whatever it is, yeah, I, I would take your bread. Sell your soul? Yes, I would sell my soul for some outback bread if it has butter on it. So he's like, right, I'll make you comfortable. No, no, no. Hey, Jesus, if you'll just bow down, you won't have to go through crucifixion. You won't have to do any of that. I'll give you all of this can be yours. I'll make everything more comfortable. See, what the enemy tries to do is tries to bring us into a comfortable place, trying to make things more comfortable. I had a, uh, if you heard Jason at all, and probably me also, I worked at Burger King for three and a half years. My first job, I was the Burger King, just so you guys all know. I was great at the Burger King. But talk about a high-pressure go job. Man, from the moment that you start there, you're going. And, you know, just to run a dinner service, when I first started there, they'd have two people on the broiler, they'd have two people on the Whopper board, they'd have one on the burger board, they'd have one doing fries and onion rings, and they'd have one doing specialty sandwiches, and then you'd have about five cash register people going. There you go. When I got all to where Scotty is to be the Burger King, I just needed somebody on the broiler, and I did everything else, and then throw five cash register people out there, and let's go. Let's make this thing dance for the next couple of hours. And, man, they're firing out orders one after the other on the little microphone. Hey, I need a double Whopper with cheese, no pickle. I need three Whopper Juniors. I need uh, another hamburger, no pickle, no ketchup. And then, boom, the next one, and three fries and an onion ring. The next one's go, hey, I need a chicken sandwich. I need a whaler. Add extra lettuce. I need a double Whopper. And, boom, the next one goes, three and they're just firing these off as fast as you can and you're just going and going and woo it was energized it was exciting but I had a friend who worked at Swenson's if you don't remember the Swenson's that was on Maine it was an ice cream place on Maine and Stapley and he's like you know your job sounds like it's just a lot my job he's like I just stand around all day I do nothing all day long and I was thinking that sounds pretty good like, he's like, yeah, I'll check out maybe 10, 15 people. And I'm like, I do that in five minutes. He's like, ah, just sit around. And it's sound, he paints such a picture. So I put in, a, I got a job at, at Swenson's and I put in my two-week notice and then I went over to Swenson's. And woo, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to be comfortable. It's going to be an easy job. Just a job where I can zone out. About three hours into it, I'm like, going to the, the manager, I'm like, what do you want me to do? He's like, well, you cleaned everything up. He's like, good, just kind of wait for a customer. And I just sat there, and you'd watch the clock go tick, 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 tick. It was so 
miserable and annoying. I just had to create things to do. I found out that was in the manager's office that the camera would look over the ice cream and then it would look at the cash register. They're just watching me in that part. But you couldn't see the customer. It's just stopped at the line. So, and I, I loved ice cream and strawberry shortcake. So all I had to do is I'd go act like there was a customer. Hey, and then I, I'd get a little scoop and then you act like you're handing somebody and then you palm it and then you go over in the corner. <laughs> I apologize that I'm teaching you how to steal today. And at least that brought me a little bit of comfort doing that. Uh, the fourth day that I was there, my, my buddy that worked there, he was there that night. And, and we were just bored. There's nothing going on. And he's all, check this out. Now, I don't recommend, I, now I found out I could be dead because of this. Because I didn't know. Nobody told me this. But he had the whipped cream cans. And we sucked the air out of the whipped cream cans, right? And they're called whippets is what, yes. Today's sermon is steel ice cream and whippets is what today is called. <laughs> We did 32 whippets, and if you study it all, people die from whippets. I had a headache that I've never had again. Like it, was, it felt like my head was going to explode, right? And it was funny. This is kind of funny, but bad. The next day, the, the owner came in because he had to work the, 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 the bar making all the Sundays and everything else. And every can of whipped cream that he turned over, it would just pour out milk. And he was getting so angry. He's like, what is our supplier doing? I'm firing him. He's throwing whipped cream all over. We're like, I don't know. Anyway. Because <laughs> of Scotty's whippets, amen. Now, after the first week, I, I put in my notice, and I, uh, I got my job back at Burger King, and I worked at Burger King for another two years, realizing this, that I was not designed, and I don't believe anybody in this place was designed to just zone out, just to be comfortable. You were designed to push your life, to, to stretch your life, to go higher, to do more, to be more. When you zone out, you'll never be comfortable. But when I give my best and I pursue my best, comfort always seems to come in my life. You look through the Bible, you will not find one time where God sent them into comfort. He always sent them in. Moses, here you go. Let me put you right down into Egypt. Joseph, let me go ahead and put you down into Egypt. Gideon, yeah, it looks comfortable where you're at. All hiding from the enemy, just kicking back. But now I need you to go forth and be a leader for Israel and get them out of trouble. We need to do some battles out there. Everything in the Bible when you see God is always pulling people out of their comfort zone to put them into a place that's going to take their life higher. And a life like that is always going to be comforted by God. Comfort will always come, but if you chase comfortable, you'll never have it. Let me show you what happens in a comfort zone. Throw those up for me. In a comfort zone, when you live in a comfort zone, throw those uh, things up. Did I never get to that scripture? I don't think I even did. I'm going to I'm I'm come back to that scripture in a second. Lack of ambition. Lack of self-worth, complacency, laziness, and depression. Go to that scripture. I was going to hit that earlier. We'll hit that right now. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all, what? Comfort. Who comforts us in, right? our troubles in our areas so that we can then comfort those. So now I can be a tool to comfort other people in whatever problems or things are going on in their life with the comfort we ourselves receive, not from the world, but we receive it from God. That God doesn't want us to be in a comfort zone. God wants us to pursue instead a life of doing something. Well, pastor, I don't know if I'm just ready to be a manager. I don't feel comfortable. Good, you shouldn't feel comfortable. 
Say, well, I don't know how I have the gifts. I know you may not have the gifts, but God's working through you will give you all the gifts that you need because he's strong where you are weak. God brought an opportunity to you. And I wonder how many times that we have said, no, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't know if I want to teach that. I don't know if I want to start that business. I don't know if I want to write that book. And we tend to keep ourselves surrounded in a comfortable place. And God says, I don't want you comfortable. The Israelites were in the wilderness and it was comfortable. Food was airdropped. Everything came in and God said, no, you're not designed for this. You're designed to take the promised land. We got to step out of the comfort and go take the blessings that God has in our life. He's got bigger things for your life. He's got greater things in store for you. He doesn't want you just to sit back and just do nothing. I'm impressed with my parents who they passed the church on seven years ago to six years ago to me and Jason. Now what do most people do when they retire? Right? What do my parents do? They start a ministry going around and teaching churches how to build a church and they're touching the world. They try. My dad and mom are working more today than they worked 10 years ago, right? And they'll work for another 35 years building the kingdom of God. They'll work their whole life because to chase comfortable will never bring comfort to your life. You never stop growing. You never stop changing. You never stop doing. Watch what Jesus does here. Give me that next scripture. I can walk over and get it, or you can throw it. There it is. Mark chapter 1, 16 and 18. So Jesus got done baptized, and Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, where they were fishermen. What a life. They're just fishing, enjoying the breeze, just relaxing. And what does Jesus do? Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for men, for people. And at once they left. You know that Jesus is somebody who calls you out of your comfort zone. Calls you out. I mean, it was comfortable. Now they're going to go do something they've never done before. They've never witnessed. They've never gone around. They've never done any of this. This is such a step out from what was comfortable. They grew up fishing. They grew up around fishing. So everything that they were doing, but this is what Jesus does. This is what God does. He's always trying to call you out of what's comfortable so that he can get you into a place that is impacting and touching lives. And in that, he will bring you the comfort that you were seeking and what you desire to have in your life. I don't want to go through a life of just, okay, I'm just enough. I'm just getting by. And God doesn't have that for you. He doesn't have a wilderness mentality. He has a mentality that he wants to take you to the next step, the next big thing, the next amazing thing in your life. Jesus never pursued comfort, but instead he always pursued God's best for his life, God's purpose for his life. Number two, write this down. Number two, he'll call you out of your comfort zone. He'll always call you out. Some of you out there, you know what I'm talking about. He's been calling you out. He's been telling you to start a business. He's been telling you to write a book. He's been telling you to ask her out. He's been telling you to go talk to people, right? It's comfortable just to sit, right? Get out of your comfort zone. I got to go meet some people after service, go talk to some people. But when I get out of my comfort zone, I begin to make friends and relationships and get exactly the comfort that I was desiring. See, everything in life is about not staying. You know, the eagle is a great picture for you and I to see. The eagle for the little eaglets, right, gets the nest all ready. It's all made with the, 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 the twigs and everything, and then pats it down with feathers. It is it's like tough to needle. It's like a great bed when it's all done. It's just so comfortable. And what does the mama begin to do, though? As the eaglets get a little older, she begins to remove the feathers. And remove the feathers. And the eaglets are like, ow. Ah, that hurts a little bit. And mama begins to bring less 
and less provision and less and less food because the mama knows that if the eaglet stays comfortable, the eaglets will not survive. And the eaglets definitely will never fly. The eaglets will never attain all that they were designed to attain. And the same thing for you that you were not designed to just sit in the nest. Everyone in this room, you were designed to fly. You were to go, designed to go forth. You were designed to make a change, to make a difference. You were designed to do something that generations from now will be talking about, that you made an impact and you made a difference in your life. I want us to be that church. You know, Lazarus was pretty comfortable. He was dead. He was comfortable. He was up. He was relaxed. Everything was easy. He had no more problems, nothing. And what did Jesus do? Come forth. Right? That's what Jesus is always doing. I even got to thinking, you know, you're like, well, Jesus brought comfort. In a way, he did. He brings comfort, but he didn't make you comfortable. So the lame man that Jesus came up to, and he heals the lame man. you like, he brought comfort. That's what, that's what Jesus does. That's what God does. But that guy's life is no longer as comfortable, is it? Because he used to just come sit, and all day people would give him money and give him stuff. People carry him around. People took care of him. Now, news for you, you got to get a job. You got things to do. You got to go make a difference. You can't just sit and let people take care of you. Now, your job is to go take care of people and go be a blessing to people. As God blesses you, you go and bring comfort to other people. And the same thing, Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus has to come forth. And those of you here today, God's voice is speaking to you, come forth. It's done. Come forth out of your mediocrity. Come forth out of your lack. Come forth out of your just enough. Come forth out of just getting by. Come forth out of not taking a management position. Come forth out of your depression. Come forth out of that diabetes. Come forth out of whatever problems are in your life. Begin to step into all that God has, all of His blessings, all of the things that He wants to do in and through you. Can I get an amen anywhere in this house today? He wants you to step out, out of your comfort zone. Nothing wrong with doing some comfortable things. But maybe rather than, you know, three hours of television, maybe you write some of that book that God put on your heart. Well, my job's a dead-end job. Be great at your dead-end job. Joseph's job was more of a dead-end job than your job will ever be. Be great at your job. But maybe God's calling you out to start a business that he put on your heart. Maybe he's calling you out to meet some people and talk to some people at church. Maybe he's calling you out to join one of the groups here in the church and, and, and maybe help out with our video team or our ushers, our greeters, or whatever's going on. I love what Mark had said earlier. How many people know that God's going to do something incredible with Mark's life? Right? He's called him out. He said, now it's not time for you to die. I got more for your life. You are going to impact the world. What an incredible video that was. What an incredible testimony. And God has a testimony for everybody that is here today. We're going to be a church, a group of people who tomorrow starts. You know what? I may not have been the best dad going in the past, but tomorrow I'm going to be the best dad I've ever been. I may not have been an epic husband, but tomorrow I'm going to be a great husband. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone in my job. I probably wasn't the best worker, but tomorrow I'm going to be an incredible worker. I'm done just zoning out and just getting by in life. I'm going to go forth, and teenagers out there, you were just getting by in high school, but starting tomorrow, I get out of my comfort zone, and I begin to do my best because I want to have a habit of giving my all and whatever is in front of me whatever my hands touch I know this I do all things as if I'm doing them to the Lord that's a life that comfort will chase
Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, what a good time. Oh, it was amazing. What a great message. We're going to continue this conversation on our daily Bible study. And we would love for you to join us for that. Go to YouTube, type in daily Bible study, and you're going to find us. We come up first. We're the number one daily Bible study in the world on YouTube. We're going to do a morning scripture. We're going to pray over your day. We're going to talk more about this message. We want you to go there and subscribe to this. You're going to love it. You know that God wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. It's not about the world's way where you accumulate the weapons all about me, but instead it's about you being blessed so that on any occasion, as Corinthians talks about, that I can be a blessing. And that is what Think Like a Billionaire, Become a Billionaire is all about. It is about the favor of God working in your life so that you don't have to chase money. Remember, the Bible says that God's blessings will run you down. So how do you create an environment that attracts God's best into your life? God says, I wish that my people would have prosperity. He delights in your prosperity. And prosperity isn't just money. It's every good thing. And so this book is all about getting all the good things that God has for your life. You can get this on Amazon and most bookstores all over the United States and in also in Korea. Nice. This book is in Korea. Anyway, we want to pray. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. Say this prayer after us. Believe it, you have it. It's not about following a list of rules, but the Bible says whosoever believes. If you're whosoever and you believe today, you can get saved and your eternity changed. Say this prayer after me. Dear Father, I ask you right now, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all of my sins and was raised from the dead. I believe that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we'd just love to have you partner with us. You know, this life-changing word, it's changing the whole world. And you can join us on that mission of distributing this media all over the planet and making a difference. Go to wakeuptv.tv and uh, click the donate button. Join the team. Don't forget to find a great church if you don't have one. Get planted. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish. God wants you to flourish. And so we encourage you. I think one of the best things you can do for yourself and for your family is to be in church once a week, just like Jesus was. Remember that this is the day that the Lord hath made. Come on, let's rejoice and be glad in it. See you next Sunday.